Blog Talk Radio. Morning, and thank you for calling uh, for joining us here on uh, Three Women Three Ways. I guess that was a Freudian slip because our guest hasn't called in, so hopefully there's just a temporary delay. If not, you and I are going to talk about bullying. That's what we're doing this weekend as we're talking about bullying. And I know a lot of times when we think about bullying, we think about kids on the playground. But the fact is there are so many other kinds of bullying. Um, and, and that bullying is also related to abuse. So uh, it's a more complicated thing than, than kids just playing around on the playground. And um, it seems to me that we don't discuss it universally, I guess is the best way to say it, as much as we should. So I'm going to try and uh, let you know some of the research that I did for this show, and and, uh, maybe you can call in and give me a hand here. The call-in number is 646-378-0430, We're talking about bullying, the different kinds of bullying, the impact of bullying, and uh, exactly maybe what we can do about bullying. So let me tell you a little bit about what I found about bullying. And um, there's a website called NSPCC, and it talks about um, uh, children and um, all sorts of things, but it has to do a great deal with bullying. And it says, what is bullying? Well, types of bullying include verbal abuse. Well, we know that. Name-calling and gossiping and all that can be very much bullying. Nonverbal abuse, such as hand signs or text messages. Well, we don't usually think of that as bullying. At least I don't. Um, But I guess it is bullying. Emotional abuse, such as threatening or intimidating someone. Yeah, definitely bullying. And isolating somebody or excluding them, shunning them undermining or constantly criticizing or spreading rumors about somebody is bullying behavior. Racial or sexual bullying, physical assaults such as hitting or pushing, and uh, even online, cyberbullying, which we've been hearing a lot about. And uh, it looks like we have a a very definite uh, problem with cyberbullying, but I think we have a problem with bullying all over. Joining us is Lisa Freeman. Are you there, Lisa? Yes, I am. Okay, thank you for for joining us. Uh, Lisa is uh, uh, has known bullying from both sides of the of the uh, aisle, so to speak. She has uh, been a lifelong uh, abuse and bullying survivor and advocate, and she started a couple of nonprofits uh, to deal with uh, domestic violence, or well. Abuse and uh, and the the uh, fallout from that abuse. Thank you for joining us, Lisa. I'm glad to be here today. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. I just went over some of the different types of abuse, all the way from uh, name calling and hand gestures, all the way up to uh, cyber bullying. Do you have any experience personally with bullying, and if so, what type? Um. 
probably all sides of the spectrum. Um, my abuse started when I was really young, just with kind of neighbors and people I babysat for or people my brothers brought over or just whatever it started. And, I mean, all abuse is a form of bullying because it hurts somebody, and that's what bullying does. <laughs> and so I guess I put everything together when I became a survivor later on after my kids had been bullied too, and we developed a program to help people called Abuse Bites. Mm-hmm. And um, Great. As, a t- as a teenager, um, I ran away at the age of 13 because of all the abuse and bullying I had suffered um, as a child to try to get away from it all. But when I went so out on the road, bullying? I actually... was in your family, or was that... Uh... Um, my parents spoiled me, but, like, um, it was more I was loved but yet put aside because they were busy. They both had good jobs, and, you know, mm-hmm. what I said, I didn't feel like what I said was important. The abuse didn't happen within my family, but it happened outside the family, in the neighborhood and things like that, in school, um, mm-hmm. at People I babysat for their house. I was raped there. Just lots of different things happened to me as a child. So I just didn't like going to school because I was always picked on, but I found out that most of the picking on by the boys was because they liked me, but it still <laughs> Funny hurt how that me. Works, and huh? me. <laughs> I know. So I like you so much, I'm going to make you feel horrible about coming to school every day. <laughs> I think and a lot of fun. times it is the really pretty or popular ones that get bullied too. And because people either like them or they're jealous of them. And yeah. so but it's hard my for the, the the recipient of all that bullying to realize that and, and yeah. especially when it happens when you're young, um, you don't know what to do about it. If if it hurts, it hurts. Would you please call in and join us in this conversation? I'm sure we all have our stories about bullying. It is 646-378-0430. That's 646-378-0430. Please join us as we tackle this topic. Well, abuse isn't always, and um, bullying isn't always just children. Um, you know, mm-hmm. adults can bully each other, family members can bully each other, and as you said, that often, um, it's it's hard to draw a line between even domestic violence and bullying, because bullying has to do with basically uh, exerting control over over the victim, and that's exactly what domestic violence is, exerting control, you know, providing this control. And um, I know that bullying also happens in the workplace, and uh, I actually have a story about that. Um, And in my experience, and maybe you can uh, give me some insight into this, Lisa, in my experience, the bulliers usually um, kind of go on about their merry way because most people just don't want to even tackle it. They just don't want to engage with that person. Um, and so they go on about their merry way, getting their way, and continuing their bullying behavior. Is that your experience? 
Um, yeah, and what happened in my experience, um, my son personally, he graduated high school, went out and got, I think it was his second job, worked at a local factory. He was bullied to the point every day. He didn't tell us about it. We didn't know what was going on, but these guys harassed and teased him for months, and I think up to a year. He had a nervous breakdown, and he actually had to be in the hospital for a time and be on medication, but he's healed now, and he helps other people with mental disabilities now. Oh, very good, very good. Um, but nothing so was somebody, done in that shop to help any of those people to change or be different. Nothing, mm-hmm. ever. Yeah, yeah. And that was the experience that I had with a bullying situation at work. Um, I mean, this person would literally throw things at people, you know, pens and mm-hmm. cup things. And they just, I mean, it was like she became a priority for uh, making happy, you know, let's let's make this person happy, so she leaves us all alone. When in fact, that's probably the worst thing you can do because you're giving positive reinforcement to this behavior. You're saying, okay, keep acting like this, and you get what you want. Um, right. And that just reinforces all of that stuff and says, sure, okay, you know, I, I I'll keep doing it because uh, it's working. It's Whenever we empower the bully, it just gives them more power to keep doing what they were doing. So yeah. Yeah, and yet we do it. You know, we do it. We give them that power. Um, and is my theory, in your opinion, correct that we do it so that um, we don't, you know, so that other people don't have to deal with the the bullying? They just want to keep that person happy and out of their hair. That's one reason, and you you want a good work, you know, you want people to look good at you and say you did well at your job and not, usually it's the not the bully that gets in trouble, it's the one who complains about the bully who ends up exactly. getting in trouble or fired. And so it's very, so we're like, we want to keep our job and so we've got to keep peace because the second you open your mouth, that's it. You know, yeah. so how do you handle it in the workplace? That's what a lot of people wonder in there. But I, I say it's always reporting. Regardless, if you lose your job or not, I guess you can take them to court if you have to, to fight for your job back or the rights of losing your job because you were not at fault. But you have to report it to the higher up. Or it never stops. Because if you bully back, then you're a bully too. So, I mean, that doesn't solve anything either. Hello? Hello? So, Lisa, are you still there? Nope. Okay, well, it looks like we've got some stormy weather and it's causing some havoc here. Um, 
hopefully Lisa will call right back. And uh, I lost my connection for a few minutes, so um, we're basically starting from scratch here. So give us a phone call if you'd like to join us about talking about bullies, 646-378-0430. That's 646-378-0430. I'm broadcasting from the Pacific Northwest up here, and sometimes we get a little storm or some wind, and uh, it will play havoc with our our connections for a few minutes or for a second or two. So uh, please, Lisa, give us a call back in, and uh, we can get you back on the air. Meanwhile, um, talking about the bullies at work, I think a lot of us have experience with bullies at work. And if you've had a, a situation where this has happened to you, can you tell me how it's been dealt with? Um, in the situation that I've been thinking of, um, what I noticed is that the bully looked for the most vulnerable person, uh, the person who was quietest or the person who uh, was shyest or the person who just didn't like making waves. And, boy, that bully just kind of had a sixth sense for that person and just honed right in on them. And as Lisa mentioned, it's usually the one the victim, if you criticize or if you make a complaint, it's usually you that that gets the uh, the sticky end of the the problem here. Um, and so, as we were saying, it's not just um, children that are bullied; it's adults as well. And of course, in its extreme form, um, you know, we can see this. Uh, blooming all the way into domestic violence. So um, it's a, a difficult problem, and uh, it, it uh, continues um, nonstop. And with computer, it is actually making things even worse. So here's some signs um, that you can look for for your child to see if your child is being bullied. And again, this is from the NSPCC. Um, signs that you could notice, uh, that you might notice, could be that a child has their belongings taken or damaged, uh, as overtired or hungry from not eating lunch if their dinner money or lunch money has been taken, is afraid to go to school, is mysteriously ill each morning or skips school, suffers a drop in performance at school, asks for or steals money uh, to pay the bully, is afraid of traveling on the school bus or on their own to school, is nervous, loses confidence or is distressed, stops eating or sleeping, begins to bully others, refuses to say what's wrong or is withdrawn, or is physically injured. And it looks like some of the effects of bullying uh, can include um, children doing self-harm and suicide. Uh, And certainly we've seen that in the news. We've seen suicides um, with people, uh, with children who have been bullied, and they didn't necessarily tell anybody. Lisa, you're back with us? Yeah, my phone must have died. I am so sorry. Well, that's all right. I think we had a little bit of a storm here in the Northwest because uh, uh, we actually lost our signal for a couple minutes, but we're back on track here. And I was just uh, reading from uh, a website what some of the symptoms are if your child is being bullied. Um, Right. You know, uh, but what are some of the symptoms if adults are being bullied? Do we know? I think... um a lot of it has to do with our health. Um, it's it's about the same things as a child, but we can 
have greater health issues, high blood pressure, um, stroke, just because we worry so much, and that's our job. We've got to go out and provide. We're just, I mean, kids have a lot of pressure on them, too, to go to school, but, like, adults, yeah. there's a ton of pressure on them to make that buck. So yeah. it can be anything the, the... from, I'm sorry, emotional and mental all the way up to, you know, severe heart attack, stroke, high blood pressure, diabetes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I know in, in the case that I was talking about, when I would go to work, I would put my hand on the door to go in, and I would have to stop myself from crying. I wanted mm-hmm. so desperately to just turn around and leave, but I had a family to support, and you don't just leave um, when you have a family to support. And so um, I did. I would make a bargain with myself. I would say, okay, you're off work at 5.30. At 5.30, you can cry. But for now, you just have to buck up, go in there, and, and put up with it for however many hours, you know, that person will be there. And, I actually uh, was. Yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. go ahead. No, 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 go. And I actually was an officiant and I, in a wedding, which I don't do every day, but this couple had asked me to do their wedding, and I didn't really know them. They just contacted me and knew that I was a licensed minister. So... The wedding planner lady at this campus where the wedding was held, she was making me feel inferior the entire rehearsal. And when I got there for the wedding, and I was dressed very nice. I wasn't dressed in a dress, but I had a nice suit on. And I said, where would you like me? Because she was just placing people all over the place. And um, she said, well, you've got to get dressed looking at me. And I'm like... I am dressed. So that just really crumbled me, and I'm like, that was one of the many things she said. So I went up and I talked to the bride's mom, and I said, "Um, do I look okay um, to do? She goes, you look gorgeous. And I was like, okay, because the wedding planner said that I might need to get dressed, and she says, you've got to be kidding me. So she was just in... (laughs) She must have had her own issues, but from the get-go, she was just undermining my authority as, you know, an ordained minister and telling me where I had to stand and basically what I had to say and that I couldn't do it like this. And and finally, some of her matron of honors and stuff stepped in and said, she's just going to stand there, she's just going to do this, and it's going to be okay. <laughs> and I was like, Wow. So really okay. bullied in that whole moment. It was like, <sighs> but yeah, fun. <laughs> Not. Yeah, yeah, and and then it probably put you off your game. I mean, you weren't in the situation where you should be enjoying yourself and celebrating. Instead, you're on your guard and you're self-conscious and you're nervous about what's going to be happening. I was like that, and I like had to just pray, give it over to God, and kind of then just go on and let him do his magic and I did enjoy the service and it was beautiful and the couples like even though they are very wealthy and dressed to the hilt and just they're simple and they love life mm-hmm. and they're not into all of that garbage that you can get into yeah. and lost into and I love that <laughs> so it was yeah. a gorgeous yeah. ceremony and so sometimes we just have to look beyond those people who are, there's going to be bullies where we go. But again, 
so to conquer why? them, I guess, is to be the survivor in us because they're always going to be somebody who doesn't feel good about themselves, somebody who's so, okay. out to get so more. So you're saying that the whole reason for bullying is because somebody doesn't feel good about themselves. Or they've been and bullied. They, or what? Or they've been bullied, so maybe they're taking on that role so they're not bullied anymore. Yeah. So we're definitely looking at power. We're looking at somebody who wants yep. some power. Mm-hmm. If I've been bullied, then I want to have some power, um, uh, finally, you know. If I am um, uncertain of myself and uncertain they of my, could be my inner jealous, power. Right? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, jealous which is also is a, a sense of right. not being as powerful as another person. So basically it sounds like what bullying is is just somebody who feels like they lack power and control over themselves and instead of directing the criticism or the, um, the toward themselves, inner, you know, toward inside themselves, which none of us likes to do, they take it outside, um, kind of like the best offense is a good defense or something. <laughs> I don't know if that makes mm-hmm, sense. Correct. Um, yeah. 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 So, and is that the case, or are there just some mean people out there who know that they can get a rise out of somebody and? Because it seems to me that a lot of times bullies just pick on the person, the the smaller person, you know, the person they, the vulnerable person, the person they know they can get. Well, it's been proven that bullies tend to have something um, in their character about how they've been brought up. It's a learned behavior. It's not, hey, they were just born a bully. But I had a mm-hmm. son who was dropped out of a shopping cart by accident when he was three years old, and he was this perfect, loving little boy until that accident happened on his head. And then he became our house bully and like a Tasmanian devil. He even later in life chased my kids through the house with knives. I mean, he was crazy at some point due to this massive head injury. So things in life can change people, too. And he still has, you know, some bipolar tendencies, but he's a happy, healthy young adult male who has a job. So not saying you should stay there and we don't allow him to bully in our house anymore. I mean, bullying is not acceptable. Everybody has a bad day, but bullying is mean and rotten and needs to stop. (laughs) Exactly. So how do we stop it? Um, you don't how do you deal let with them the bullies? Have. I mean, if you're being bullied you... at work or your child is being bullied, I know a lot of parents will say, well, I'm going to go to school and I'm going to complain, and that sounds like a reasonable <laughs> thing to do. Or I'm going to contact the bully's parents and tell them what's going on. But as you pointed out, oftentimes the bully comes from bullies, and they're not necessarily going to be receptive to your criticism of your child. Um it's just uh, a, a difficult Until we thing. get into the heart and mind of the bully, we can't make the bully change at all. They can set up all kinds of programs they want in school and work, but you've got to really 
get into the bully's heart or mind. And my son Brian kind of taught me that because he was bullied for having heart issues and also Asperger's syndrome. He came home after being beat up one day off the bus, and um, he came in the door and told me what went on, and I seen all the scrapes and marks on him, and I was mad because he has all these artificial um, things in his heart, and I was afraid that they'd really done some damage. And he goes, no, Mom, we can't just go after the bully or we become them. He said, they need help too or they wouldn't do this. He said, we've got to help them. And so we do a program called Change of Heart for Brian to Change Hearts and Save Lives. And Brian, um, sadly, he wanted to go all over the world to help people. And we did that for a few years here in Michigan locally. Um, but after he graduated from high school, he died of a blood clot when he was 22. So, oh, I'm so sorry. we, we, yeah, it's okay. And we carry on that mission in his name. And when we go to do a program, we don't just help those who are victims. We target actually helping the bullies too, because they are the ones that need to change, but everyone needs to change because everyone needs to realize that whether they're a victim, bystander, or bully, they are part of the problem, and if they continue just to walk away and let it happen, it's going to keep happening. Sure. So, well, but do the bullies want to change? Um, we have proven that 90-some percent really do they want help they just don't know how to do it because they're afraid like in the schools for instance they're afraid that if they do change what friends will they have because they've had power to gain friendships kind of or they've done it in a joking teasing manner where they build up these other peers that laugh with them or you know what i mean so they're afraid if they don't go along who they're going to hang out with now yeah. So, yeah. a lot of them do it well, just and, to and go that, along. With uh, that's it. easy to understand why a child might feel that way, but an adult—I mean, was, would an adult feel that way? Um, are, are there I don't think adults—the adult bully and the child bully—in motivation. I don't. I think the adults are so miserable already because it's so set into them. Because I've seen principals at schools be this bad too, worse than the kids, and I'm like, wow. That guy, like, really needs help. And um, so I think they don't realize it far more than kids. Once it's set in, it becomes a life pattern for them, and I believe they need it to be pointed out to them, and they need to initially get the help. I don't know as the only thing we can do to help them is report because we're being bullied and let the higher-ups handle them, and there has to be disciplinary action where you say, I believe they need um, counseling and help. I believe that's the only thing that's going to help a bully when they're an adult because this has been rooted, grounded, and planted into them and become a part of the way they think, the way they react, the way they get things in life is all around bullying. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they have to so be retaught. They, yeah. Is a bully aggressive in other areas or only with people he or she thinks 
they can get away with it. I think they're outright mean. I think they probably go home and kick the dog. I think they're miserable Mm -hmm. people. I just, like, worked with a couple with dog training, and you could tell which one was the bully and which one wasn't, and she wasn't nice to the animals either. So I don't think they're nice to anything or anyone. I think they feel so miserable, and I think they want to be over it. They're like, I want to be over this, but how? It's kind of like an impulsive eater. You know, I just want this to go away, or an alcoholic, but you keep returning to the same vomit because you don't know how to get out of it. I think you need an outsider to help you. Yeah, good point. Um, I also think, though, that sometimes, especially in families, there's bullying that goes on, and it's, it feels kind of like humor, mm-hmm. uh, where perhaps they're not aware of how hurtful what they are saying can be. I was like um, that. I used to throw the jokes out, and yeah, I wasn't aware that I was hurting people to the exactly. depth that I was. Exactly. I used to when my this, this is going to sound terrible, but when my kids were were younger. Um, if they were doing something, you know, or that well, I used to think I was joking, and I'd say, "Oh boy, I should have raised German shepherds." And one yeah. day, my daughter came, <laughs> and to me, I thought that was a joke. That's funny, haha, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And my daughter came to me, and she said, "It hurts me every time you say that." And I thought, "Oh, I don't want to hurt you. I was just making a joke." Um, but that was a real hurtful joke, you know. If you were the right. child that. You know, mom was saying that too. And so I think a lot of times all of us do some bullying behaviors without even realizing it. Um, and especially to those that are closest to us because we, we can get away with it. We can be grumpy that day if we want to with them. And, mm-hmm. But there's a lot more, I believe, verbal type stuff and emotional stuff that goes on between people and bullying then there is the real physical stuff. Sometimes it's real silent but real horrible. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's yes, I do really know. bad. Um, yeah, and well, and then you're always left with the, well, nobody hit you. This kid didn't grab your lunch money. Why are you so upset about this? Or, you know, mm-hmm. the, the thing that you don't have any marks on not, you. What are you talking about? Yeah, you know exactly. And of course, in domestic violence issues, we hear that all the time. But mm-hmm. I think what one of the things that drives me nuts is that saying, you know, sticks and stones can break my bones, but bur- words can never hurt me. Oh, please, mm-hmm. words hurt forever. <laughs> they do. They're grounded. Words in can me. be so painful, and uh, I think sometimes because it, it, it's the words that. Uh, you know, kind of get in your brain and stick with you and cause doubt about you and, you know, in your own, you know, your own inner confidence is shaken. You know, if somebody right. just beats you up, you go, well, they were wrong to do that. That was wrong. Everybody knows it's wrong to hit somebody else, right? But if they use words that are really, you know, just stripping you to your core, well, they didn't do anything. They just said some things. You just need to ignore it. Well, easier said than done, Right. Yep, there's still times because of all those wounded, hurtful words. You can either give words that heal or words that hurt. And for all those hurtful words that I have just not been, um, I've always felt inferior to do this or to do that or to speak in front of people or to be a minister and an officiant at a wedding, even though I was asked, you know. Um, Yeah. But I just rise above that and say I'm a survivor, not a victim. 
and you just have to stand in that no matter how your inward feels and pretty soon your inward does line up with your outward and you're able to accomplish it. I always have to step out in fear. I have post-traumatic stress very, you know, seriously I've had it all my life, but it does not keep me speaking from a, to a thousand kids at school or people in the workforce or officiating a wedding where somebody makes me feel like I'm not good enough to do it. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. But that requires a great deal of strength, and I think a lot of times when somebody's being bullied or abused, it, the first thing that goes is their strength. It is. It's such an erosion of personal strength. Yeah. It it takes a lot. You need, and that's what I tell people, like, if you're being victimized and, you know, bullied and targeted and whatever, just don't stand alone because you need to depend on others' strength. Never single yourself out. Confide in somebody and, and tell them you need a partner, a friend, you know, because when you start singling yourself out, you just open yourself up to be a bigger target. And if you start isolating yourself, you're giving in to the bully. I, I did that for years, and I was afraid to leave my own home. And it, I was agoraphobic for over two years, and I didn't hardly go anywhere. I couldn't go shopping. I didn't drive. I didn't even go to church. I didn't nothing and so you can just shut out the whole world just because of fear and i just started doing things well, afraid yeah <laughs> i mean it, it makes sense to try to avoid that kind of stuff i mean how many times do you put your hand on a hot burner and realize that it burns you right. i mean you do it once mm-hmm. and then you say i'm not going to put my hand near that burner again um and right. that makes sense but yet we ask children or adults who are going to work with a bully just keep going Keep going. Keep exposing yourself to this, <laughs> and and just be strong enough to uh, ignore it, which is you know again a real difficult thing to do. Um, so yeah, I, I think bullying and and is this something where it's been and going I think on forever? If adults don't realize that they're doing it, and we've told kids how to respond to kids bullying them, like, hey, you're bullying me. Stop it. Maybe if adults came right out with that word right away, you know, you're really acting like a bully. Could you just not do that, please? We're both adults. And maybe if they took that perspective, it would kind of embarrass the bully a little bit, and maybe they would think, oh, my gosh. Or maybe they take it out on you even more. (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. But you got to do something because you can't just be the victim always. You know, exactly. well, what so. I noticed, what I noticed <laughs> in my workplace, um, you know, I was I was pretty vulnerable when I started working with this this person that was such a bully, and as I recovered from you know some personal situations, and I got stronger and more confident, and um, I noticed that the bullying definitely backed down, definitely backed away, and I thought, oh my God, it's like she can sniff out. <laughs> somebody who's going to be devastated by her her words and actions, you know. And uh, it's like she went straight for that person. And then once that person, you know, indicated that it wasn't having the desired effect on the victim anymore, then it it pretty much backed off and and the abuser looked for another victim. But That's um, part of it, too, is but you usually can't do that in 
a party of one. You know, it takes some oh, yeah. people to help lift you up. So that's why I say two. Yeah. Gain some yeah. strength by there's power in numbers. So if you can surround yourself with good people, and that will also help encourage and lift you up. Be around positive people if you can. Well, and that kind of an approach, um, you know, that inner strength kind of approach, I think is easier for adults mm-hmm. because of our, you know, greater experience and, and, and background uh, than it would be for a child who hasn't learned oh, all that yeah. stuff yet. Yeah, um, for sure. So, um, you know, for a child to try and learn what he or she can do personally about a bully, I mean, that's putting a lot of responsibility on that child, um, I think. And, uh, you know, we're asking that child to behave in a way that he or she probably doesn't have the experience to do. Exactly. When you're at, when you're at work, there are also um, there are some things you can do. You can go to HR if you have an HR department. And you can make complaints, and you can always, you know, call um, a government agency that deals with workplace. You can also hire an attorney. You know, I mean, yes, workplace bullying is quite a quite a, a, a lucrative field for attorneys who want to deal with that. And uh, it's just there's not a fine as line with workplace bullying and harassment as well. Um, mm-hmm. Harassment yeah. is according to your sex color and gender and things like that so um actually there's more a lot of people think you can do a lot with workplace bullying but you have to prove it so you have to keep accurate notes of everything that's documentation pictures whatever you have or recordings of what's happened and but harassment it doesn't have to need to be as proven quite as thoroughly as bullying which is weird. It doesn't have to be substantiated like, as much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Harassment's easy to win a case, or a lot easier than bullying. So just telling the truth how it is in the government. Well, so. is bullying, harassment is illegal. Is bullying illegal? Well, they've, they've stated it, but they they can't come to terms with, it's a law, but they don't enforce enforce it. They're getting there. They're getting better. You know what I mean? Okay. And of course, but everybody's every, still every, getting away with it. Yeah. Well, and it's hard. To, it's like like uh, uh, verbal abuse in a relationship. You know. I mean, how do you deal with that? I mean, the law doesn't recognize usually verbal abuse, emotional abuse. They recognize physical abuse as something that can be done. You know to take care of but we have a lot of states that recognize yeah physical bullying but we don't mm-hmm. have a lot of laws that recognize cyber bullying um yeah. verbal bullying emotional abuse bullying yeah so yeah well i guess the the thinking behind that is how do you prove that you know i mean if with physical abuse you have physical signs um but with emotional abuse, I mean, how do you prove that that occurred and it wasn't just a, a normal? How is that different from just a, a couple arguing, for example? Um, you know, so it's a, a stickier wicket, if you will, um, to try and, and prove and even to define, I think. Um, but, I think you know, people have hard. just you know left their jobs continuously because of bullying, and it, a lot of it's emotional. And they've yeah. left, and they have 
higher turnovers because of that, and they have to keep training new employees because they don't have the heads up and want to do something, even if you do contact HR. A lot of times mm-hmm. nothing is done, but those are things you can and should do. Um, there's but been at least lots it's on the adult. record. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at least it's uh, on the record. Report it right sure. away. I mean, don't let it go. Report it right away and do all that you can do. But uh-huh. when push comes to shove, and maybe there's nothing, some, is... nothing that HR could do right at that point. But you get enough paperwork accumulated, and and pretty soon mm-hmm. somebody starts to say this needs to be taken care of. Um, right. There's been people that have won their cases within a workplace who were the targets or the victims because they've stood, they've pursued it, and it's been a lengthy process, but inevitably the bully did um, get yeah. found out. So stick with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't give up. Well, um, one of the things uh, that, and again, I found this website really uh, informative. It's NSPCC, um, mm-hmm. and uh, they deal with bullying mostly um, childhood bullying, but they do talk about adult bullying as well. Um, and as far as what you can do about bullying, um, they said you're, if you know a child who's being bullied, the first thing you should do is sit down with a child and explain what bullying is and ask if they're being bullied. And uh, if, it could be hard for a child to, to say that because sometimes they don't have a word for what they're experiencing. Um, but first thing you have to do is to ask them you know, say this is what's, what bullying is and it's not acceptable and is this what somebody's doing to you or a group of somebody's. Um, and then uh, try and get as much information as you can, you know, the who's, the what's, the where's. And um, then if the bullying seems to be mild, it might be that you could help the child learn strategies, you know, for dealing with it. Um, but if it's severe, you might have to go get help elsewhere, and that's when people start going to schools, I think, or as adults to the HR department. Um, but all of those things are ideal solutions. They don't necessarily, as you pointed out, Lisa, they don't necessarily work. So from a practical standpoint, what can the victim do? What can the child do when they're being bullied? Well, I've seen all kinds of different things, what a child can do and does do. Um, You may have to pursue a different school district to make that child feel safe again. You should pursue a counselor for that child, someone safe for them to talk to. Maybe a support group for others who have been bullied. Maybe you can start the group for your child. If there's not one, contact your Um, local um, community mental health program, see if they have anything like that for victims of abuse, like children or adults. depends on what your realm is. But, yeah, we were talking specifically about child, children. Um, But, yeah, you have to go to the school. You have to fight for your kid. You have to fight for them because they're too young to. You're their parent. Parents must be involved from the get-go to the very end. And you need to check in with your child. Even though they seem like they're handling it, many have committed suicide because their parents assumed the bullying was okay. It's just bullying. They're going to be okay. Well, they might not be okay. It'll make them stronger. It'll make them stronger, yeah. I I didn't know my son. We were doing what I thought was everything we could 
as parents. And my son was bullied to the point that he wrapped a belt around his neck three different times and tried to end his life. And he told me about that because one night I just felt like something's wrong with you. What is it? Are you okay? I said to him, and he said, no. I tried to commit suicide. I hate school. I don't want to be bullied anymore. He's having panic attacks. All this stuff's happening. We wanted to give him what he wanted, which was to be homeschooled and have a teacher come to the house because the bullies were relentless no matter how many hours they had... um, They had threatened his life, and so he was running off campus. He was scared every single day. So he was running home, and it wasn't doing him any good to be there, but the school and the social worker and everyone convinced us that it was better for him to be there because of panic attacks to overcome them. Well, finally, after he tried to commit suicide, they finally agreed to let him be homeschooled. He ended up being able to graduate. Um... He was bullied more in the world, though. We had to take him out to do things. Like, for instance, we took him to the Y, and he wanted to join their um, basketball team, and he was great. He was a great player. And in a fun game of uh, basketball, he beat some of the jacks on the team, and they kept him out. They were the ones that picked the teams, so they didn't like it because he was a good player, a star player, didn't want him to show them up, so... They kept him off and bullied him, too, and would call him names and keep the ball from him every since he went and whooped their butts that one time. So he was just doing it in a fun way, but they were so all over again. He had to experience this in the world, too, as well as at school, and uh, really difficult. But instead of giving in to all of that, he the end of the story is that he kept going. We found a place where he fit. He joined a homeschool basketball team, became a starter player, made a lot of three-point shots, and he began singing in our program and sharing his story to help others, to tell them to go on and not give up. So. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. Well, so do you think it's a good idea to go to the school? I think you should. That's a starting point, but it's not an ending point. Okay. Well, we we met with everyone. We did everything. You go to the superintendent if the principal and the teachers aren't responsive to what you need to do. And the school and you, board. Mm-hmm. You know, the school Whoever board you is, need to go to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you can get a lawyer if it goes to that point, but always start at the bottom and work your way up. Mm-hmm. And yeah. work your way up that um, ladder yeah. quickly. Mm-hmm. So um, what this uh, group suggests is that uh, if you're going to go to the school, you should arrange to meet with um, the teacher or head of the department or principal. Um, mm-hmm. Write down the main points of what is said at the meeting, and I think that's important. I think just the yes. having met with teachers before and, and school officials before, it's really crucial that you write things down, not only so you remember it, but also to it kind of sends the message that, hey, I'm serious about this. I'm, right. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm serious about taking care of this problem. Um, make it clear that you will not tolerate bullying and tell the teacher what effect it is having on the child. 
ask for protection of the child by saying, by asking the teacher for confidentiality in order to protect the child from any recriminations of the bullying child for, for telling, uh, that members of the staff keep an eye out for the bully, um, that adequate supervision for play areas and, and the public areas be, be taken on if that's necessary. And I'll tell you, they, they, the schools will, will cite all sorts of budget problems um, for not providing more supervision. Um, ask what, whether there's a policy. The school has a policy for dealing with uh, bullies. And um, ask for a copy of that policy. And if you're not satisfied with that meeting, then go to higher up on the scale. And, and remember that, you know, the superintendent also has to respond. He's, he's accountable to the school board. So a lot of times some problems can be solved if you find your school board representative and talk to them. Um, and one of the things that uh, you should do is to, to do follow-up follow-up to see what progress has been made, to let them know that you're still out there and that you're still worried about this problem, that you're still concerned about the problem, and, and to also kind of let them know that there's some accountability here. So um, I, I think that that is probably a really good plan for what, what one can do um, with a child. And again, we talked about um, adults in the workplace and what they can do. Um, well, you can always change jobs if that's a possibility, but sometimes job markets are pretty tight. Um, you can go to HR, and sometimes you can actually go to the police. I, I've never heard of anybody mm -hmm. doing that, but um, you can. And, uh, of course, you can get counseling and, um, you know, learn more about what you can do as an adult. Um, but from my experience, the best thing you can do is to get stronger and, and not... Um, not be so uh, afraid and vulnerable, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because so, they're they're feeling just as weak as you are. They're just trying to break you down. Yeah. So they're really yeah. weak yeah, people think, who do this. I think we all. This is my own little personal theory. I think we all need to feel like we have some power, and hopefully that's, right. that's power over ourselves and within ourselves. But I think a lot of times people don't have that within themselves, and so then they try to have power over somebody else. It's but true. I think there's just kind of innate need for power, and a healthy person makes himself empowered uh, to meet that right. need. Uh, so does that does that theory sound good to you? <laughs> yeah, it's really hard in the workplace when somebody, like, say, I don't know, you're doing a really good job and maybe they sabotage you and make it look like they did all the good work. Oh, yeah. And then, mm -hmm. so that's just so disheartening. So it would be hard to keep up. But again, remember that you're the one that created that work and eventually they'll be found out for the bad they did, even if... Karma has to get them. <laughs> no, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So just well, and we didn't talk a lot about cyberbullying, but every, I mean that's been in the media all over the place. I mean people know about some of the horrible effects of cyberbullying, uh, especially among children. Um, and what on earth can you do about that? Same things, or just keep your kid off the internet, which is not, um, I guess, particularly practical 
What you have can to we print everything part? up for proof that it's happening, like all your messages or whatever, emails or what people say to you or if they do an incriminating website on you, you need to, you know, document everything that's been done um, and how they've targeted you if it's through a lot of people do um, Skype or or they do that instant chat thing now, Snapchat. Yeah. So it's hard to get some real evidence. Sometimes things are... Uh, they could do pictures of you and send it to everybody. So just whatever evidence you can pull and take pictures of and keep in your records, you can prove. You can't prove anything you don't have proof of. So that's your biggest thing. And you do have to report, 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 because it's the only thing that's going to change it. With cyberbullying, though, would you go to the school? No. It depends on if it happened while you were in school that this is going on or if you're an adult and this is happening at home on your own computer because schools don't really, unless it's somebody you're in class with every day and they're targeting you in class as well as cyber, then it does become a school problem. But if it's something that's only happening to you after school and at home, then you have to contact police. Yeah, so please and, deal with this. Not very well, but they do. <laughs> and, but there's as Bully Police USA can hook you up with representatives and maybe those people in your area. Like I work for them, but I'm the healing project specialist. I like we go in and do the program, so I don't know the whole law side of it. I just mm-hmm. go in and do the programs, and I work one on one with students and and people in workforces and workplaces and help them to have a reason to change, to be different. Um, Mm -hmm. We impact them through speaking and teaching. Um, Everybody has to play their role, though. We don't play a role in all the mechanics of the law, where the law is Mm -hmm. concerned, at least not my part in it. So I just have a really teeny tiny place in this just by sharing our stories to hopefully trigger an effect of, wow, I need to change and be different. Mm-hmm. So do bullies have, you know, that sense of conscience? Or are they just so Some much do and go? probably some don't. I mean, mm-hmm. people are all different. But we've seen big changes where we go. And when we're able to speak and able to share the stories that we have about Brian's death, about Maya's almost suicide, about Robert's uh, working in the workforce and him being a cutter and just coming out on the other side, people are inspired by, wow, this family was hit with all this tragedy. Plus, we have dogs that were abused and bullied, and we use them in our program. So they see that, wow, I want to be like them because... They came out on the other side, and they're helping people, too. And people who used to walk by people who were bullying start to feel like, hey, we can do something. Yeah. So for cyberbullying, you pretty much go to the authorities right off. Um, if it's a I child, would say right the... away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like yeah. the biggest, yeah. hugest 
bullying thing that's happening these days, I believe, is online or on yeah. your phone or yeah. Facebook. Yeah, and it's so or... Yeah. It's horrible. And, um, yeah, and, and children, I don't know why it is, but kids, uh, you know, everybody thinks kids are innocent and all that kind of stuff, but they can be really <laughs> vicious little monsters. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen some kids beating up on another kid the other day. I was like, leave them alone. And he goes, what are you yeah. going to do about it? I said, call the police. Boy, that kid got up so fast and was out of here. <laughs> yeah. But they were little uh, monsters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you wonder, you know, I mean, and I know some of these kids who are little monsters, and you know their parents, and their parents are perfectly nice, you know. I mean, <laughs> yes. It's, you can't it's, always it's, judge it's, a little, yeah, judge their yeah, parents you know, by I mean, how they act, for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I had a little monster, and we made all of our kids mind and went to church every Sunday. Our little monster was just a little monster, but he fell on his head. So, (laughs) Well, you know, we all do the best we can, I think. And uh, I do think it's really important to raise um, awareness about this problem and that it's not just children, although that certainly is a huge problem. Um, and I think that we all need to have some tricks in our bag of what we can do if it happens to our kids or to us. And you gave a website, Lisa. Could you get that again? It's abusebites.com. Okay. And then you were, you gave a, a, a website for police? I did. Oh, the Bully Police USA. Yep. Bully Police USA. dot com. Okay. Okay. It might be dot .org. One of the things, I can't remember. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, if it doesn't work with .com, try .org. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, um, I'm going to. I like to end our show with a quote, and I'm going to quote Ellen DeGeneres today. Mm. She says, "We focus so much on our differences, and that is creating, I think, a lot of chaos and negativity and bullying in the world. And I think if everybody focused on what we all have in common, which is we all want to be happy. And um, I think that's kind of true. I mean, basically, that's what it comes down to. We all want to be happy. And uh, some people think that in order for them to be happy, they have to hurt somebody else. And that uh, that is a, a notion that hopefully we can disabuse a lot of children of and a lot of adults as well. And I think just you know, we're talking about schools taking responsibility. I also think, uh, Lisa, that we have to have workplaces take responsibility um, for this going on. And especially, I think, I think if you have a, a large company with a big uh, HR department or something, it might be more likely that they will take these kinds of complaints seriously. But I think especially in smaller companies with like 20 employees, it's very difficult for them to take complaints of bullying from another, uh, you know, from a coworker and do anything with it. Um, and I think the um, employers tend to be intimidated by those bullies, and uh, the bullies tend to get a lot of what they want. They get, they tend to get free passes on a lot of this stuff. And uh, do you agree with that, Lisa? I do. I do entirely. Yeah. And what you, the Ellen DeGeneres quote, is so important because when we go in, we also show them that everyone is more alike and we are different, and we point out those oh, yeah. likenesses among children, 
even in the factories or the workplaces where we go. We point out how alike you have to do and how important your role is yes. um, in making everything run smoothly. So everybody yeah. is important, whether you're a little finger, a toe, <laughs> you know, <Yes>. an ear, <laughs> an eye. We all have an important part. We're like a body working together in the world. We are important. Oh, on that note, I think it's a great place to end the show. And I want to thank you, Lisa, so much for being with us and sharing your experiences and sharing some of your work. And for our listeners, um, if you have trouble with bullies, you know, tackle it. Go to somebody who can help you. And uh, don't put up with it. Thank you for joining us on Three Women, Three Ways. We're going to be back next week with another topic, and uh, we're going to see if we can uh, emphasize those commonalities rather than those differences. Thank you for joining us, and join us next week. Three Women, Three Ways. <laughs>